Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. Hello and welcome to Talk Wrestling, as part of your Fight Night feed from TalkSport. And you know what? There's so much we need to talk about, there's so much we need to get into on this week's show... Uh, we've got the upcoming SmackDown tour of the UK next week. Yes, we are going to be there on Monday. So if anyone wants to hit us up, grab a beer before or after, I'm sure we'll be about. We may well be recording the show, in fact, in the uh, bar in the O2 reception area. I forget what it is, Litton Tree or whatever it is. Uh, we'll be in there having a beer <laughs> afterwards and probably recording the show straight afterwards as well. So look, look out for us. And there's going to be loads of content from that next week. Loads of big names coming over, lots of interviews and possible press conferences and stuff being put up. So it's just the two of us chatting this week. I'm Will Gavin. Talk Sports Wrestling Czar is Alex McCarthy. And I wonder where we're going to start this week, Al. We're going to start with your new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Of course. The Big E push has finally come to a head, Will Gavin. The big man did it. (laughs) Al and I have been friends for a few years now. And the one thing that's always united us through any argument about wrestling, any conversation (laughs) we've ever had about sports entertainment, about the value of the different brands, about what different wrestlers bring to the table is that the one man who need pushing to the absolute moon, got all the charisma in the world, is one of the nicest human beings you could ever meet as well. And has the size, the style, the in-ring ability and everything is. Big, I'm going to call him Big E Kingston then. <laughs> Former <laughs> NXT hybrid. champion, Big E. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, look, I couldn't be happier for the man himself. I couldn't have enjoyed the moment itself more. And I know that you know, there will be the doubters out there who say that, well, they absolutely telegraphed it by having him tell everyone he was planning to cash it in. And it was clearly a bit of a ratings grab after the great ratings we'd seen on AEW last week and all of that cynical nonsense. And you know what? That might all be true. But at the end of the day, in front of real life fans, getting the biggest pop we've seen from a win in a very long time, goes out there, gets the big ending, gets the one, two, three. And the celebrations afterwards, the reaction on social media, I like... I remember when Drew won the title and there were a lot of other wrestlers out there who put the love out to Drew, you know, people who'd known him for years, who'd seen him come back, who'd worked with him. And the outpouring was phenomenal. 
But comparatively, there wasn't anyone from current or former WWE, people who have had their real problems with WWE, with Vince McMahon, who have left the company, but still had to put it out into the world, how delighted they were for Big E. He is beloved. And he's beloved for a reason. And my only hope and dream is that it's a proper title run and we get proper opportunities for him to prove himself at the top because the man deserves every second. You are thumping that table today, Will Gavin. I, I like it. And it's I probably like it. ruining the audio quality. <laughs> I apologise, it is. But it's enriching my experience. Uh, I, I must say, uh, everyone knows, anybody who has followed me for any considerable amount of time knows I've been a huge, huge proponent of Big E and that he has all of the qualities that Will just listed to be a top, top player in WWE. The fact that he's a world-class human being on top of that only makes it that much more satisfying to see him finally get the top honour in the industry, whether you like it or not, it is. And moving forward, exactly what you just said. I hope it's not a token run like Kofi's was. And I know that will rub people the wrong way, but Kofi was never meant to be, in WWE's eyes this is, like the newest pillar of the main event scene. It was a really cool thing for fans, Kofi Mania, and and they gave him a fairly strong run where he beat people like Randy Orton and whatnot. But as the evidence has come to the fore, he was never there to stay. In my opinion, Big E has everything to be there to stay, to be a main event player for years to come, big time matchups. Big E is somebody you should be building around. And I think we riffed on this before, this is a guy who should have come over to Raw because this was the most feasible place where you could make him a world champion. And I do not care that they did a ratings grab or that he tweeted out, you know, Babyface 101. He tweeted out what exactly what he was going to do. I don't care. I think Raw drew 2.28 million, I believe. So even if that was the goal, they didn't especially get a great number. But having said that, Big E is the champ. You can't pin none of that on him. Goodness gracious. You you pin that on a show being boring for like six years. But now we have a very exciting, fresh face in the main event scene on Raw. We haven't seen solos or single fuse matchups with Big E and Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Riddle, Keith Lee. There's a plethora of options for Big E now in that spot. And I don't say that to do any disservice to Bobby Lashley. I want to give that man his flowers. I thought he had a very good run as WWE champion and his character grew immensely in the process. But Big E is the marquee guy. He is going to be a big player for WWE and it's about damn time, William. We all know as well, by the way, that uh, he is going to go on. And he had a good Intercontinental Championship run as well and the Hurt Business. And I think Bobby Lashley has had his best year, year and a half in the company or in wrestling in general that he's ever had. And he he completely deserves all the plaudits for that. I still do think it's the right time. Like I understand that they're, you know, and and we'll get onto it in terms of what he does next. You know, I think you tweeted out, but give the man his dream match. Give him Brock Lesnar. Brock's back in the company. You don't have to worry about dropping a title or having to put a title on a guy who you see as being only a part-time player. It's going to annoy the fans, all of that stuff. Like you don't have to do that right now. You can just do that dream match. I, I, uh, you imagine he's going on to Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. That leaves a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth, but it is what it is. 
What I like with Big E at the top as well is you mentioned all those names there and there is all that possibility of doing proper um, programs with those guys. Another one, AJ Styles is another one. I'd love to see him wow, yeah. go in the ring with. Like, I know right now he's involved in tag business, etc. but I still want to see him have another run at the top title. And, and I think you could do something really interesting there with the clash of styles. Yeah, pun Good intended. Um, but also there's an element to it. And I know we had a bit of this with Kofi and I know we've seen it in the past with, you know, open challenges and stuff like that. And we even saw it a bit with, with Drew and, and when he, as the guy came back to the top and, and had that run and, and then he started to give opportunities to people is I think what you've got a chance to do here with Big E is have him as the man of the people, the man who finally got his chance. And actually he could be one of those people who really makes stars of losers by giving opportunities to guys who maybe wouldn't get the opportunity. Otherwise you already mentioned Riddle and Keith Lee, and I'm sure, you know, Damian Priest will be in the mix at some point as well. He's a big guy. And whilst I'm, not sure where they've gone with him recently. He's still clearly someone that they love. And there's, there's so many guys on this on across both the rosters who you think could do with a real opportunity and a real push. Like I I'd absolutely watch a biggie and ricochet run at the title, like a, a program between them. I don't think WWE maybe see that, but I do. Um, but uh-huh. I'm saying that biggie is someone who can give those opportunities and it feels realistic from a storytelling perspective and it could deliver some new matches and it could give us some freshness and all while getting to watch Biggie gyrate and get on the mic and just you know fill our hearts with all of the joy that he does did you see the um uh, he's done a couple of interviews this week and and trust me we asked um he knows yeah. about the push though he knows about the talk wrestling push. He does know. He so does know. I'm sure he's demanding the interview as well. He's saying in the other end, get me on with those guys. Um, did you see that he teased the idea of Malcolm Bivens getting involved with the New Day potentially? I, I just retweeted that myself. <laughs> I, lo- I loved it. I'm here for it. I'm so like, they don't need a manager or a mouthpiece, but I did like, I just think it's another insanely entertaining person to add be- to an insanely entertaining mix. It'd be perfect. Like CM Punk never needed Heyman, right? But it was wonderful pairing that worked terrifically well, as would the hilarious Malcolm Bivens, Soapy Halfway with the New Day. A few things I want to say on Big E. Interesting, we're talking about people he could work with. John Morrison's first match back in WWE was with Big E, and it was excellent, by the way. Uh, And that's a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing in a big primetime spot whenever this stuff with The Miz is going. Also interesting to think about, We talked about the European tour at the top of the show. WWE are coming in for Newcastle, London, Glasgow and Cardiff over the weekend into next week. We'll be there on Monday at the O2. This is Smackdown roster. Sands, Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. They are not coming over to the UK for the tour. And in fact, they are advertised for the Raw in America. Raleigh, I think that's how you pronounce it. North Carolina. The bloodline are going to be there, as are, of course, now that Big E is WWE champion, the New Day. That gets one thinking, Will Gavin, that Big E and the New Day versus Roman Reigns and the bloodline. Is that a Survivor Series thing? Are we going to get this on TV? It seems like a given. Roman Reigns could be the whole, hmm, you took the easy option. You didn't want to cash in on me. Uh, And I'm sure Big E can fire back on him. There's a lot of legs there. And that would be maybe the best way to elevate Big E is to have him rub with Roman Reigns immediately. Uh, Man, I think there's a lot of things to do here. I just want 
Big E to get the victories and the stories, right, that will help solidify him as a main guy. Like Daniel Bryan, I know that's not possible anymore, but he spoke at length about wanting to work with Big E and, and helping push him to the next level. Let's hope that an edge feels that way, right? Imagine that, Edge and Big E pushing him over the top. Um, and, you know, th- there's a ton of different guys. Goldberg, I would I would definitely watch Goldberg and Big E, which I know people aren't used to hearing me say I would watch Goldberg, but I absolutely would. Uh, and I just feel like there's a lot of possibilities there for Big E, and I would definitely expect to see something this Monday uh, happening on Raw. Big, meaty men slapping meat. And you know you're Bob talking that. You know, you were talking about the UK tour. Do you know what mm-hmm. jumped to mind for me? And, and I am living very much in fancy land with this. But give me Big E and Volta on a pay-per-view. I mean, Volta and anyone, really. I don't care how I you saw... make it happen. Just make it happen. I don't, I be, I don't know Drew. how you get there, but I just want it. Yeah, just get there. I saw Drew calling out Volta yesterday. Um, he, he, he live-tweeted... Um, NXT 2.0, which we'll get onto momentarily, but he also mentioned, "Oh, I'm going to be in the UK next week, Volta. Like, if you fancy it, basically." And I was thinking, like, it's probably just Drew being Drew, but imagine, uh, you yeah, know, Drew, Drew is no stranger to a hard hitting affair. If at Lo- if at London on Monday night they give us a main event, twenty plus minutes with those two just going at it, uh, I like it could be the the best five star match to never be on TV. Like it, it might be absolutely incredible. And and um, I I I, re- I saw the Survivor Series stuff doing the rounds when um uh, when like there was the first hint that there, those tensions were going to be there, and you just think back to the shield days with the evolution and with the Wyatt family and and with team hell no. And, and all those great triple threats that they did then. And you think that that's a real, real opportunity to, to do something a little bit special with those guys. And it doesn't have to be a title change. It doesn't have to be, you know, I I, sometimes those survivor series matches where you do champion versus champion feel absolutely and completely just slapped together for the sake of it that would feel like something organic and worth doing and something you could properly build towards. And I can't think of a bigger match in WWE right now than putting those six in a ring together because of the stories and everything that they've been telling. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right as well. When you look at you know your money angles per se, I think you're absolutely right. New Day and Bloodline are the hottest things going in wrestling right now once again. Big E is the champion that everyone has wanted for so long. They're outpouring for him as you mentioned earlier, you know, across all promotions, all of Twitter, basically, um, it was pretty incredible. And I think that just goes to speak for, you know, I've said this before, WWE and what their idea of a baby face is, I think isn't actually in line with what people want to root for today. And I know that we've evolved from, you know, say, say your prayers and eat your vitamins, brother, and all of that good stuff. Right. But, at the same time, like people want to root for someone who's cool, right? Who's edgy, um, you know, somebody who really organically kind of makes them laugh and has charisma. WWE often mistake this with being a good guy and, you know, and, and being able to cut a promo and whatever their style of promo is. Big E is a super organically likable guy. He doesn't have to try 
to be a baby face. He's wonderful in his own totally unique way. And he possesses the other part of his charm is that he's WWE's look is what they want, right? He's just big, huge, muscular bloke, athletic, can do loads of great stuff in the ring, but he's not kind of confined to their, you know, if he starts cutting promos, like, you know what, I'm going to do it for the good guys. And I, you know, I do it for the right reasons and positivity. Then people will start going, eh, Right, like, don't try and make him something. the 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 magic of Big E is that he's arrived at this spot as a totally likable and individual babyface. Right, he's not a carbon copy, and I feel like that's where WWE have gone wrong so many times before. If you look at Becky Lynch, the man, people loved her because she was cool. Right, she was uh, edgy and she had the attitude that people gravitated to. The The Rock was a bit of an a hole back in the day, really. Right. He wasn't a likable guy, but he was so cool and good. Everyone loved him. And I feel like with Big E, they have struck that kind of magic in a bottle that you can't actually. Well, WWE have proven they can't in recent memory create. <laughs> right. So I, I feel like they just have yeah, to you can it. create. You've just not very good at it. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, you can. I just can't give you any recent uh, examples of a <laughs> created baby face. But for Big E, I feel like he is right there there is no reason why he shouldn't be one of their absolute main players completely agree completely and utterly agree we'll turn our attention to nxt at 2.0 momentarily last thing i want to say on Big E is uh we talked about the outpouring the kevin owens tweet was my favorite of all uh where he tweeted i'll never forget being on the floor after being power bombed through a ladder and being jolted back into consciousness by the loudest reaction i ever heard in my career it was the mm. roar of the crowd when Big E won the contract it was special. Congrats, man. Well deserved. And that was just like, I just imagined being uh, one of those involved in that moment. One of those who helped get him there, knowing how beloved he was and how much you loved him as well. And it just, it really gave me that warm and fuzzies inside. And I just, I adored it. I loved it. So, Isn't pro wrestling great when it does that, Will? Isn't, Isn't it great? I, and we're going to, it's certainly for you and I next Monday will be our first time back watching it with other human beings in an arena environment in like that in itself. After the moment we saw this week, and I know it's not raw and I know Big E won't be there. And I know it's a house show rather than a, a televised show. I know all of those things. I am fully aware of all of that, but to be back in the community again and back enjoying it again and, Oh man, it's I. I'm really, really, really pumped for. Uh, uh, I mean, listen, uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. I'm looking forward to that. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch in the main event. I'm looking forward to that. There's there's a lot of stuff to get excited about there. Mysterios, profits. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, I haven't seen a wrestling event since Rumble 2020 live, and I haven't seen one in the UK since the Manchester tapings, November 2019. So nearly two years on home soil since I saw a wrestling event. Well, I'm I'm pumped, brother. You know, if, if they see us, if they see the talk wrestling gang in around the O2 arena, they better come up to us and say, hey, brother, brother. I'm trying to think of what the last... Now you've really got me going. I don't oh. think I have been to a live wrestling event in this country since... Genuinely, I don't think since um, unboxing live progress at, at 
uh, Electric Ballroom in, in 2019. Wow. Was that two years. No, no, the, the next, so the one they did in December, the one that oh, the okay. one they did. The New okay. Year's one they did in Camden. That, I think, is the last live event I went to in this country. I, I really hadn't thought about that. There was the Jim Smallman farewell tour with uh, Eddie Dennis coming over and taking over and... Uh, he had a great match with Ojmo and there was a Mustache Mountain, Rampage Brown, Dan Maloney match that was really brilliant. And we won't mention what the main event was. Um, moving uh-huh. on, semi-swiftly. Wrestling was in a different moment then. Let's just put it that way. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I do want to mention a few AEW things because I know we went very heavy AEW last week and we've gone very heavy WWE this week. Um, obviously, we, I mean, me and Al talked about this prequel. It's, go, it's a slow burn with AEW because there's a big amount of time between their pay-per-views. And it means they can slow burn guys like Brian Danielson and like Adam Cole. And obviously they did a, um, a Being the Elite with Adam Cole, which was quite fun of like him coming back from the death uh and and all of that stuff i love that we got andrade and pack on rampage it was the perfect awesome. perfect tv match where you give them 15 minutes it's a really great match but there's just enough left on the table that you know that there's a insane pay-per-view version of that match um we had the the ruby soho I, in I, I was mad at I was mad at that finish, by the way, just to interject. Like, I was like, oh, that's a lame finish to a great match. But then when he laid out Chavo, I was like, eh, okay, okay. Um, I'm, ba- I'm half back on board now. But I, I did think it was uh, – Andrade needed it, right? Because he was yeah. kind of just meandering, and that was a great match. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and we also got the uh, – we also got the Suzuki incident, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> which I- incredibly um, – Main event, John Moxley, Minoru Suzuki, uh, which, you know, wasn't quite, um, uh, which wasn't quite up there with their New Japan match, but was a good, violent, exciting matchup. It, but it only lasted eight minutes. 
and they cut off his entrance before the chorus. And it's got the real No Japan nerds getting very upset about the misuse of Minoru Suzuki. However, what it has delivered is one of the greatest wrestling-specific memes of the recent weeks, which is people tweeting how people reacted to the Suzuki incident. And if you've not followed it on social media, it's been absolutely hilarious. And uh, it's brilliant that as much as you could maybe consider it a a rare misstep from AEW, I still don't think it is because I think there's more to come. But uh, it's, (laughs) it's produced a very, very funny reaction. And so I'm still kind of all right with it. Yeah, I, I I do think it is a misstep in in the the in, the initial phase. I mean, they had the whole Moxley kind of celebrating in the crowd. No, I get it. He's the hometown guy, and all of that stuff. But eight minute match, not the full Suzuki introduction. Uh, but you know, here we are now. The Suzuki instant. I see even Punk tweeting about it yesterday. Yeah, uh, very, very very funny stuff. Um, so you know, they they have a very good habit of making lemonade out of lemons. Will. And, and I'm just going to tell you one uh, last thing about AEW. And you'll have heard a lot of stories about this. And actually, it relates directly to CM Punk also doing my second favorite tweet of the weekend, which, as people who maybe follow me will know that I, I cover the NFL on Talk Sport. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Green Bay quarterback, has come out with a new long-haired, bearded look and looked very haggard in his post-game press conference after they'd been absolutely battered on Sunday and looked a bit like CM Punk. And CM Punk tweeted a photo of it just asking people to stop sending him that photo. (laughs) Uh, And it was very funny, but it led me to uh, a guy I know called Matthew Sherry who runs uh, Gridiron Magazine and does their podcast and every other other bits and pieces. He's a very lapsed wrestling fan. And he and I, we watch the Rumble when we're at the Super Bowl every year. Like, he'll always watch that with me. And I end up having to catch him up on the storylines while we're watching it. Um, uh, You know, he... We'll watch it weirdly, and I'm sorry about this. He is a Goldberg fan. Sorry, Al. He is an example of someone off. who does tune in for it. Stop him. talking about him right now. But I'll tell you what he has done in the last four weeks is watch every single second of AEW television and bought the AEW pay-per-view and has completely bought into the product. Was like talking to me about like, he literally, we were at Hartlepool against Certain United last night. Why, I don't know. And he turned to me and he was like, oh, saw Adam Cole's wrestling on telly tomorrow. Uh, and I was just like, sorry, what's <laughs> this from? Uh, it, it, honestly, it got me so hyped that the lapsed fans are coming back. Uh, and they are. Proof of it. There's a guy on the, on the website team, um, funnily enough, an NFL fan as well, Anton Stanley. Uh, and he's the same. He said to me, uh, you know, in light of basically all these returns and stuff, he's like, oh, and I've, I decided I wanted to give AW a go. And the same thing, he's stuck with it now. And now I feel like, you know, he's kind of big brother in the office whenever I see him. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been watching? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I saw this, I saw that. And I'm like, oh, Anton. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just cool that people are excited about wrestling again. I, I've said this before. Um, you know, I think AEW knocking out the park, but just the energy that that promotion has brought to wrestling as a wider genre. I, I think is amazing. Um, man, I, it's a great, great time to be involved. But alas, Will, NXT are looking to make their own great time with their new era, NXT 2.0, even though I would definitely count this as the third iteration at, at after least. the game show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, definitely. But, you know, whatever. WWE, WWE make their own rules. We know this at this point. Um, but I don't know how much you've seen of last night's NXT. But, you know, a new 
setting arena new branding right with the logo which, which by the way i think looks great like i know hmm. people don't like the logo and it's a bit colorful and it's a bit yada 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 i think the more open it looks bigger it looks like like i think it's a move away from the old nxt dark dingy a backroom indie kind of feeling and i know there'll be some people who don't like that but i think it looks like te- on television the product looks really good yeah, I mean, Triple H and his heavy metal fandom, I think, <laughs> is all, was, you know, that was always lent and, it, you know, breathed into NXT. Um, and, I, and I've got to admit, I'm one of those that was like, I liked it the way it was. And that's fine. But you're right. I don't dislike this new arena, the kind of oval, colourful scheme that they've got going on. And yeah, even the logo, I found that very jarring at first. But last night, it didn't feel so out of place. So... Yeah, not not too bad on that. Two things to get into here, though. Six debuts last Six. night, Will. It's astonishing. Six. Shall I run through for you who debuted? So I'll, I'll let you know. You asked me what I'd seen from last night. I yep. watched the opening because I wanted to see how it looked. And when I found out what the main event was going to be, I skipped forward and watched the main event and caught a later train into work today. So I could watch Okay. It. Well, there are, <laughs> that's two of the debuts. So right at the top of the show, we had Bron Breaker or Beaker, Bron Beaker, uh, who is actually Bronson. Rex Steiner also was going to be known as Rex Steiner, which I thought was a phenomenal name, you know, Rex Steiner. Um, but they've decided to go, on, to go with Bron Beaker for some obscure reason. But this guy is an absolute house. He is huge, Will, as you would have seen from the opening. Uh, he, he took on LA Knight, beat him. It's not like so, that runs in the Steiner family in any way, shape or form. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, when, when Scott said genetic freak, he was not lying. Uh, those genes are incredible. So he, he beats LA Knight in the opener which is curious because LA Knight was in the title match later on in the night. But still, if anything, it just shows that WWE are extremely high on uh, the son of Rick Steiner and nephew of Scott Steiner. He, he only signed with the company in February with no pro, pro wrestling experience really before that. But of course, he's grown up in it. Um, he seems to have taken to it like a duck to water. Uh, to go to the main event that we'll just mention. So Kyle O'Reilly got taken out by uh, Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland, I believe, for the main event. And Von Wagner, that's the name, Von Wagner, who used to be Cal Bloom. You may have seen him on, uh, during the pandemic, he did some, you know, like squash matches on the main roster. Von Wagner took his place uh, alongside Pete Dunne and LA Knight. Of course, Tommaso Ciampa, Will, would pick up the victory and he would become champion. Uh, we'll go back to the debuts in a minute. What do you make of uh, Champa finally getting his hands on Goldie again uh, and getting a second run at the NXT but title? I am a huge Tommaso Champa fan. He clearly delivers in the ring. I think he delivers out of it as well. I have every reason to see why he is the safe pair of hands that you put the title in after the Samoa Joe uh, unfortunate injury news that meant that he had to vacate the title. Like, devastated for Joe, devastated Mm. that we're not getting that run. And there's a little bit of me that as much as I was rooting for Pete Dunne to lift the title here, like I'd rather he won it off someone. I'd much rather it was uh, done organically uh, than I think it makes sense almost to have somebody take a second run in this situation because you're not giving someone that first ever pop 
when they're doing it in a you know a fatal four way match that's in the necessary of somebody vacating it and all the stuff that kind of comes along with that. It never quite feels at the top level of putting someone in a feud, having them come in as the underdog and beat someone and, and, and yeah. win the title. So it's not the end of the world to me. I, I was delighted by the news this week that it sounds like Pete Dunn has signed a contract and is sticking around for a few more years. And, you know, we, we've got to know Pete a little bit over the years. Uh, he is as dedicated and as big a wrestling fan as you'll ever meet. He is, um, he is someone who won't, I think, allow himself to be involved in a, in a poor product and will make sure that it's delivering. And I love that about him. So I, I didn't hate it. If it wasn't going to be Pete done it for me, it had to be Tommaso Ciampa, unless you were going to go all out and give it to Von Wagner. Um, so I, I don't hate it in any way, shape or form. I think he'll still deliver. It was interesting to me that we saw that from Von Wagner at the top and from getting the big win at the start of the night for, for Bron Breaker as well, because that's exactly what they've said they want to do now, isn't it? They're like, no more indie stars. From now on, we find people who look good and we turn them into wrestlers. And that's kind yeah. of what they've done with both these guys. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can see who they're aligning. Yeah, and, and, and after Champa won, they had uh, Brom, Brombeka kind of come face-to-face with him. So it's clear the direction they're heading. I, I'm ready for a Pete Dunne title win. I really am. And I'm glad to see that he signed on for, I think it was three years that Fightful have reported. I, I could be wrong, but they said multi-year deal. Um, I'm very happy with that. And his time presumably will come, I hope. But also, you see someone like a Brombeka and you think, mm-hmm, Vincent Mann <laughs> must be salivating looking at the size of this young lad um, and the athlete that he is. Uh, nice Gorilla Press Slam finisher that he's got going on as well. I mean, if he can do that to everyone, Jesus. Uh, but either way, I think exactly what you just said. If it was going to be Pete Dunne's moment last night, the odyssey, the journey isn't the same with like a vacated fatal four-way. Like you want it to be a moment. In this instance, giving it to Champa again makes the world of sense to me. And I fully trust him to make whoever the next guy will be. Um, I don't know how green they're going to go, but presumably greener than before. And in that instance, Champa is maybe the only veteran you would lean on to do that. So I'm fine with it. What it is is a reset as well is that it's interesting if you go back to like, say, the OVW days or, or the very early NXT days is that prior to the Triple H super indie revolution, which I wasn't complaining about, you know, I'm an indie wrestling mark and, you know, I love a lot of those guys. And there are still people there, you know, Champa himself, big indie guy, um, Gargano, like guys who still have that pedigree to them. But the, clearly the move is more towards, think about those late OVW days and you think about when like the Shield guys were coming through. Well, you had some of them were people like, uh, you know, like Seth Rollins or, or uh, what's, uh, what's the first name? Something Black. Ty- Tyler Black. <laughs> Tyler Black. For some reason I couldn't get the name Sirius Black out of my head, it was from Harry Potter. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you had people who did come from that pedigree and obviously someone like um, Moxley with his CZW background and, and GCW and stuff background. But then you had guys like Roman and you had guys who had less of that pure wrestling pedigree, but would be, and I, I kind of feel like if you get the mix right, there's nothing wrong with trying to make stars and you see people who have come through that route and have become absolute mega stars and not just in terms of looking great and sounding great, but being great in the ring as well. I think it's going to be a work think, in progress. I still think Jason Jordan might have been the greatest success story had he not got injured. 
Like he was a guy they took who who, did, who you know, he didn't wrestle on all the indies and everything, but he had a great amateur wrestling pedigree, looked great, and he took to wrestling like there was no tomorrow. Um, it's I think honestly I think that's one of the biggest crying shames of the last decade is that we couldn't get to see Jason Jordan reach his full potential. That might be a hot take, but I've said it, damn it. Uh, let's move on to the other debuts that were on the show wheel, because there were a couple of interesting ones. Uh, speaking of, you know, Bron Beaker being a second you know, generation star, son of Rick, <laughs> Ball Buchanan's son, Ben, uh, also made his debut as Brooks Jensen last night. For some reason, they didn't, uh, they didn't think... Buchanan had the drawing power. <laughs> I mean, should they just be using, like, well, Steiner is obviously an, a reputable big name in the wrestling industry. Why not just use his name? I like. Listen, we've been here a million times, haven't we? Like, I, I never understood this with Curtis Axel either. Like, you know, um, he was, what was he? Um, Michael McGillicuddy for years. Um, Joe Henning would have been fine. People would have been like, oh, you know, it's Mr. Perfect. But no, they didn't want to do that. Um, I mean, look at Goldust. There, there are a ton of examples of people who didn't want to lean on their surname. I think for uh, Bron Beaker, Rex Steiner would have been great. Like Steiner is an instant, and, and considering they're trying to make him an instant star, it seems, that would have been fine. I do understand in this instance that maybe you don't go, hey, this is Buchanan Jr. Like, and, you know, the vast majority of wrestling fans go, who? Yeah. No, you're probably right. You're probably right. Just a bit of an odd one. So he debuts. He does. He teams up with Josh Briggs. Uh, they lost to Imperium fairly quickly, to be fair. But it's, you know, I, I think uh, Ben Buchanan was only signed, uh, I think it was August, right? Like it, literally six weeks ago or so. So it's very quick. Obviously, this is him kind of learning in front of our eyes, but they have high hopes. Uh, Trick Williams, which is a name I love. Hey, Trick. Um, whose actual name is... Matrick Belton. There you go. Uh, he was announced as uh, basically the backup for Carmelo Hayes. Uh, they did a promo, which honestly wasn't great. Um, talking about how Hayes needs the backup now that he's, you know, getting a title shot in the near future, whatever he chooses. And they attacked Duke Hudson. I felt a heel uh, following a confrontation. So it seems like Carmelo Hayes, who did win the NXT breakout tournament, is now going to be a heel which is a choice, um, but there you go. That's where they're going. So that's Trick Williams. Then we've got Ivy Nile, uh, who was introduced as the newest member of Diamond Mine. She didn't do anything on the show, but there was like a, a vignette, and she was in a vignette the week before in the background. So it seems like Diamond Mine are just gradually introducing some members. Uh, of course, Diamond Mine being Roderick Strong and Malcolm Bivens' group. And last, but certainly not least, uh, was Tony D'Angelo, who appeared in the vignette and said, you know, that he was an amateur wrestling background and all of that, but the money for him was to be made by coming to NXT. Uh, I think his real name is Joe Ariola, uh, and he signed with WWE back in February in the same class as Rick Steiner's son, now known, of course, as Bron Beaker, which I've said about 20 times on this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think uh, that, I mean, that's the long and short of it, but basically threaded throughout the show, there was new blood, some super green, some just not really seen on TV. So it seems like the new the new era is here, Will. Uh, and let's not forget Mandy Rose coming back. 
in a new brunette, Mandy. Brunette. Did you notice that the crowd took a little while to realize who it was? Yeah, who is that? Yeah. So synonymous she was with the look previously that uh, it did take them a little moment. But they popped once they did. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of glad for Manny that she's getting that opportunity to to take a step not back, because I hate that idea, but to back towards the direction of NXT rather than stay on the main roster and actually get a chance to develop there. Because I think she's got the possibilities for really good and they kept misusing her on the main roster. And I think they'll find something for her in NXT, which means we can actually get something decent out of her. Mandy Rose is one of those where like, she's so good looking that a lot of people just seem to not pay attention to actually how good she was getting. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt like that was the case on the main roster where that, that her focal point wasn't how good she is. And that often happens, right? Like, I mean, Trish Stratus battled it for years, but with Mandy, the that Sonya Deville feud, Mm-hmm. Who, who also I'm a huge fan of. Coming out of that, both of them should have gone on to bigger things. And we know why Sonya didn't. She had to go away. Kind of we're getting back to that. But Mandy, who actually won the feud, lest we forget, at SummerSlam, should have gone on to bigger and better things. And they just had nothing for her. She had a great story with Otis. That was one of the most popular things in WWE at that point. Then into the Sonya feud. And I would, I would argue both women knocked it out of the park. Probably Sonya did more. But still, Mandy grew and did well. And then they just did nothing. And you think, you know, I think they put her in the tag team with Dana Brooke that went nowhere. I, I, I feel sorry for her. I actually feel like she has more than people realize. Uh, and hopefully man, NXT is a place where she'll, she'll prove that. Al, I think we've said it and we've done it all. I don't think there's much mm. more to touch on any big stories. You just wanted to make sure that we, uh, we got to. Well, I don't know about big stories, but I definitely know that, Within the next week, of course, given that we're going to be at the O2 on Monday, there is a lot of media opportunities for us there. So we'll bring you a lot of fresh, exclusive content. I cannot divulge exactly who's going to be there uh, directly from WWE, that is. But um, I do want to say that Will and I will be bringing you some great coverage from the O2. So stay tuned for that. Uh, A quick shout out and uh, wish all the best to Triple H who had a cardiac yeah, event absolutely. since our last podcast um, and we know that he wasn't at NXT to see his creations new era last night so all the best to him um, and I guess I mean the other two things I did want to just briefly touch on are A Mick Foley addressing the fact that WWE has a problem oh, yeah. um, which I'm sure you saw Will that was very interesting. He he said that if he was a wrestler today, they knocked out of the park with him, he said, right? They helped his character immensely. They made him who he was back then, but he doesn't know if he trusts them to do that today. And that seems to be the thinking of many superstars as evidenced by the recent moves to AEW. So that was a very fair, valid point. Saw reports going, WWE unhappy with Mick Foley's recent comments. No, well, I was about to swear. Of course, they, yeah, yeah. What, of course they yeah, shouldn't it, be happy with it because that, he's delivering some home truths. Exactly. Like, I mean, uh, it, it's, it was even more impressive, if that's the right word to use here, about Foley's critique, is that his son works for the company. Foley is like a Hall of Famer who does appearances for them now again. Like, there's money to be left on the table, but he loves wrestling so much, he just feels like he has to speak his mind. So, I, yeah, I thought that was very um, interesting to read. And... Last but not least, WWE getting the deal done with Gable Stevenson. 
Very interesting. I was going to mention this earlier, actually, when we were talking NXT 2.0, because I'm really fascinated Mm -hmm. if he's going to be somebody who needs to go through that process or whether because he's already a semi-superstar, whether he ends up, you know, maybe. I I, I reckon he gets jettisoned to the main roster. Um, But, you know, the reason I bring up that deal in closing here is for those who don't know, this is the first time ever kind of deal for WWE. Now, it's what they call an, uh, a nil deal, N-I-L, which essentially means Stevenson can profit, even though he's still a student athlete, he can profit from using his like likeness, uh, like the images and all of that good stuff. Um, I can't remember what the N-I-L actually stands for, but I'm sure the I is images, the L is likeness, uh, likeness and they can just profit off their name. Um, so it's, it's good. It's very good. He's not actually joining WWE, the point I'm making here, until his school year is done next year in May. He's going to make some appearances along the road, but I wouldn't expect him to be a weekly fixture on the program. That's the only thing worth noting about this signing, uh, if you're expecting him to hit the ground running. But the other thing is his brother Bobby has also signed with WWE. So could there be like a Stevenson, you know, a la Steiner, tag team uh we'll have to wait and see but it's very interesting wwe have pushed the boat out to get hold of him without a doubt now we've said it all <laughs> and i think those were important points to bring up so i'm glad you did mate where can people find your final work alex uh so alex m underscore Talksport is of course where it all goes down on twitter but alas talksport.com forward slash wrestling is where you'll see a lot of exclusives over the next week uh and this podcast, of course, on the Fight Night feed, which is weird that I'm telling you to go there because presumably you're there right now listening. And secondly, <laughs> there is Wrestling Daily uh, on, on YouTube as well, yeah, which is, is my YouTube show every day. So, man, there's a lot. If He's a busy man. Wrestling. He's a busy, mm. busy boy. Uh, I just, you know, hold court and keep this thing ticking over with my markdom. Uh, <laughs> Alex is the man for following all this stuff. So go and check him out. If it's your first time listening, don't forget, subscribe. Rating, review really helps more people find the show. Keep the numbers up. Keep TalkSport happy with us. And maybe you'll get more content from us. Who knows? Uh, Thank you so much for listening, for getting involved. Big love to all of you. And maybe we'll see some of you Monday. Uh, We'll we'll certainly likely be in that little bar next to afterwards. So come give us some daps. Come and say hello. Uh, I might might bring the belt with me just so we can put it on the table. (laughs) Oh my. I don't think I can't be one of those guys, can I? Can I? Can I? I mean, I'd back you. I'd back you. Of course you would, because you're that kind of man. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been Talk Wrestling. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. 
No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 